This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. No, 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 no. It's the right time. It's the right day. It's not 10 o'clock, but we're here on the special ESPN New York Tonight on the Friday. Let's go to work. Also via Twitter, reach out to us at Hardish to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with JP and Brian Mungier. We're here until 9.30. That's Nick's pregame with Pat O'Keefe here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what what day is it? What time is it? It feels a little weird to be talking to you at this hour. It's Friday, the start of the weekend. It's 7 o'clock. I can't wait. Gordon, I am so happy to be on the air tonight. I'm telling you, because there's a number of things that just jumped out at me. First, the Yankees are playing. The Mets are about to start. Uh, Zach Wilson took the field for the Jets. And, of course, the Knicks on the road. We'll get to all that tonight. But let's start with, even though I'm a Mets fan, Gordon, I got to start with you. I got to start with the Yankees because – you know, I've been, you know, I've been lobbying for him. He owes you me have. a percentage. And <laughs> Duhar owes me a percentage, Gordon. I've been lobbying for him to come up to the big club. Show me something. Here's a guy with a great stick. Here's a guy that can hit the baseball. I know we're not, I know we don't know where to play him. And Gordon, first base? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the fact that he's up here and, and will now get an opportunity, you would think, even if it's a, a, the next few days, to show that he can stick in this lineup. Because when you have a lineup that features, let's see, one, two, three, all right, three guys who are hitting 200 or below and along with uh, Tyler Wade, uh, that, that's, uh, that's an opportunity. If you can hit the baseball, you're going to get a chance to play. Now, I, I, I'm not that surprised that they're going to give it a run with Dan Duhar, but I am a little surprised <laughs> that he's going to play first base. I, I don't understand why you would not put him at his more natural position to put DJ. I know he's played third some, but he's played far more first base than third base. It almost feels like you're weakening two positions in the process. I guess they're kind of worried maybe part of his issue were throws. So you'd think maybe at first base he would have fewer throws. But uh, that, does, that does seem a little surprising. If you would have told me that he was starting at third, if you would have told me he was in left field, it wouldn't have been all that surprising. First base is a bit of a surprise. I think it's the least error place he can make. And I agree with you. It's about the throw. He can catch. It's about the throw. And they feel that <laughs> a bad LeMahieu at third is better than an awful Andujar at third. So let's put Andujar at first base where he can catch the baseball. One thing that's that's you don't have to worry about, Gordon, is Giancarlo Stanton. He has been, in a word, in a phrase, he's been on fire. What is he, 312 hitting? He's got nine home runs, 23 RBIs. He's just last last time I looked at him, Gordon. He was in the ones or the twos. Yeah, he was at one ninety five. I think it was two and a half weeks ago, and uh, he's just been on another planet uh, lately. So look, this is this is what you kind of hope. And we said before the season, and it wasn't really going out in the limb. The most important stat for Giancarlo Stanton was games played. If he plays in games, he will produce numbers, and he has produced numbers at a time where the Yankees need guys to produce numbers, right? Like even guys who are not uh, down at the the lower levels, but even like Judge has struggled at times. LeMahieu has struggled at times. Glaber, you hope he's kind of coming out of it, but his numbers, especially the slugging, is still way off. Um, you know, Hicks might be finally showing some signs of life, but, you know, let's not get carried away. The Yankees are desperate for offense right now, and the one guy who's kind of carrying them is Stanton. I'm standing and applauding because Stanton and Judge are in the lineup today, Gordon. I thought they might be able to take a break. No. Well, They're look, hot. Forget when, when analytics. The, yeah, no. I mean, when the bottom of the lineup is is Hicks, Sanchez, Frazier, and Duhar, and Wade, I mean, what exactly has uh, Gary Sanchez done to warrant hitting sixth? I went back and looked. His last extra base hit was April 7th. Today mm. is May 7th. So that's been a month. He's two for his last 29. His slugging is under 300. I mean, all of his numbers are abysmal. I don't exactly know what warrants him batting sixth, but uh, look, I guess they kind of hope that he's going to run into one here. He's due, Larry. Oh, yes. And listen, Higgy deserves a day off. He's been struggling. He's been hitting. He's been catching. He needs a day. Give Higgy a day. No, look, I have no problem with putting Sanchez in there. Again, you're hoping that maybe he can run into one, but uh, I was a little surprised (laughs) that he is. He's hitting sixth. Obviously, with Wade in the lineup, he's going to hit ninth. I get that. But I would have thought that maybe Sanchez might be a little lower down. But I guess not. Well, look, uh, Frazier, he's hit a couple of home runs, but he's really struggled. 
So, again, get, getting back to Andujar, this is his opportunity. Here's a guy that was uh, could have very easily been rookie of the year a couple of years ago, yeah. has been hurt a lot, doesn't really have a natural position, so has not really gotten uh, another good run. And I don't know that he's going to necessarily – like, if he comes up here – and puts up a couple of 0 for 4s in three straight days, I, I don't know that he's going to get many other opportunities here. This is his chance that he's got to kind of seize the moment. There's no doubt about that. And obviously with the Luke Voigt on the horizon to return, he is definitely a safety net to see what's going on with Gio Rosella. You know, you're not sure about him. It, it seems as though it doesn't appear to be in, it, serious. But I don't have to tell you, it doesn't appear to be serious. Then on Monday yeah. – we're gonna we're gonna put them on the IL retroactive retroactive to Thursday. Famous last words, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it it does seem like every time there's an injury, it it's oh, you know what that that little thing? No, that's not a big. You know what? We're just gonna give him an extra day, and then the extra day turns into you know when we went back and looked again, it actually turned out to be uh, a major big deal. So yeah, let's hope it's. Uh, I mean, Geo is is one of those guys that you were kind of relying on at the top of the order. And, you know, there's some, some guy, you know, like I think Glaber is starting to maybe come out of it. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. Uh, Aaron Hicks has had better at-bats here lately. So if you could get five, six of the, the, the big guys to get going here, maybe this offense could get going because that's still, I think, the major issue with this team. The pitching overall has been good despite the last game. The bullpen has been excellent. The defense has kind of settled down some after the early struggles. The base running hasn't been as abysmal. But the offense, which is supposed to be the strength of the team, that's the one that still needs to get going really on a regular basis. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Gordon. You, If you saw any of the Met game yesterday, there was a walkathon. Yeah. <laughs> this could be similar tonight. I mean, Patrick Corbin, the guy who the Yankees thought they were going to get, I mean, he was supposed to be Cole before Cole, right? He, yeah, he was absolutely. the guy that they were supposed to bring in. He was supposed oh, I grew up a Yankee fan. I want to, I want to believe with the Yankees. No sixth year. I'm not coming. He's got, what, 14, 15 walks he's allowed so far. He can't – his control – I saw him pitch against the Mets maybe about a week or so ago. He is not the same pitcher, Gordon. Maybe he'll get going, but he's not been able to control the play, and he's given up a lot of home runs. Yeah, I mean, he also had a bout with COVID, so maybe that mm. kind of put him behind the eight ball as well. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy – you know, the first year they win the World Series, and he's not really been the same guy since. He's not been the same guy so far this year. He's really gotten – uh, tattooed around quite a bit. And, um, yeah, for a guy who it seemed like the Yankees, that was going to be a guy that they were going to target. And there were people that were upset. Hey, you know, the window of opportunity is right now. I, I Look, if you would have gotten a World Series in the first year, you would not complain anymore. But, yeah, he has not been the same guy since. And he's not. it's not like he's an old guy either. I think he's only yeah. 30, 31. So, uh, yeah, that is not that deal has not worked out outside of winning the World Series. There's no question about that. And, Gordon, I would laugh. I would laugh at Gary Sanchez, but listen, my catcher, James McCann, is not exactly hitting 500 either. He's hitting 222. He's got one home run, seven ribbies. Uh, he's been struggling. And while he's done a nice job defensively, that's been the saving grace for him. Gordon, he, him, just like uh, Francisco Lindor, just like a couple of other Met players, they're just not getting the job done. And while he's done a decent job defensively, as I mentioned, which kind of takes some pressure off of him because he's been doing, you know, handling the pitching staff, Gordon, it's time for him to start getting some hits. Yeah. I mean, the top of the Met order uh, tonight is McNeil, Lindor, and Conforto. I mean, uh, McNeil and Conforto may be starting to show some signs. Maybe Lindor, you'd have to think that Lindor is eventually going to get out of it. But that Met offense, I mean, it's actually been a bigger problem for them than the Yankees' offense has been for them. The only problem is that the Yankees' offense is the bigger strength for their team as opposed to the Mets, who, you know, the pitching's been very good there as well. Um, so they've been able to get some wins. But, no, I mean, it's, it's about, you know, it's not a small sample size anymore, right? Mm -hmm. we're, no. we're into May, and, you know, McNeil, who I thought was going to be, you know, this might be a big season for him to be hitting 228 at this point of the season and up to 228. I mean, he's been a lot lower than that, and Conforto as well. I mean, this was supposed to be a big contract year for him, and it has not, uh, it has not clicked so far. It has not. And the thing for McNeil, I don't know, Gordon, he just seems to me just, you know, not that I'm trying to be, uh, you know, the, the the fake batting coach of the Mets, but it just they looks like one when, of those already. yeah, they already have one, so that's already <laughs> taken. Uh, but it just looks as though when he was going well, he was hitting the ball to all fields, Gordon. He's become kind of a pull hitter. Look, he almost looks to be going for the home run a lot, and that's not his game. I don't need him to, Gordon. I don't need him to hit home runs at the top of the order. I need him to be a table setter, spray the ball to all fields, get on base. Uh, you know. This team can play a little more. They're not 
that analytical yet. So they, they do a little more moving and hit and running a little bit more, Gordon, than anybody else. But, you know, I need him on base, and 228 is not getting it done. Yeah, I know. Look, you know me. I'm not a big fan of batting average. I think there's better stats that you can use right mm-hmm. off the bat. And, of course, the first batted ball of the Yankee game goes where? Exactly to first base. And uh, and Duhar was able to field it with no There issues. you go. Oh, they, um, they find you. They always you know, find you. I'm not a big believer in batting average as much as I am in other stats, but it's it's, it's interesting to me that the guy with the highest batting average on the Mets right now is Pete Alonso at two, Isn't that amazing? 280. Yeah, right? That's not, amazing. Not, not the way you would have drawn it up. Not at all. Not at all. And he's just getting – he just got up to 280. Yes. He was struggling a little bit as well. So it's going to be an interesting night. We'll keep an eye on it. The uh, Yankees and Nationals at the stadium and, of course, uh, the Mets at City Field with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. And David Peterson's on the mound for the Mets, who spits well, Gordon. I, I like what he brings to the table. He's the lefty in the, in, in the rotation, and it, it's nice to see him – get back on track he had a tough first game but the last couple of games he's been more dominant had more control you know he was one of those guys look maybe it's because i'm a yankee fan and you know i don't follow the mets as closely as them but he seemed to be a guy that's kind of kind of come up under the radar a little bit and mm-hmm. last year i thought he was one of their better starters yeah, yeah when you got down the stretch of the season it was him it was uh obviously Degrom and, and maybe lugo as well and those were the guys you could kind of rely on in that rotation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see him give you another solid outing out of the rotation, which has been kind of a strength. Stroman's been very good. Uh, Walker has been pretty good overall. So, uh, yeah, Peterson is another guy that uh, the Mets might be able to rely on there. Look, and Duhar is trying to do too much, Gordon. Listen, listen, stay over at first base. The ball's in the air. Wade's got it. Don't don't run over there trying to get the ball. <laughs> Just stay where you are. I he looks like Obi Toppin when he's beginning of the season, right? He didn't know where to be. He's like trying to get involved in things he's not supposed to be getting involved in. It's true. It's true. This is going to be, a, and I will say this, and there's two pitchers. Tyron Walker for the Mets and Tyon for you guys, for the Yankees. But for Walker, let me just say this, Gordon. He's actually been a pleasant surprise because he's pitched more like a two or three than he was supposed to be at the end of the rotation as a five. With no Carrasco, he stepped up. He's been huge in this Met rotation. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, he's one of those guys that it it seemed like for – Almost every year with the Mariners, this was going to be a big breakout year for him. This is going to be the year it finally all clicks. And, I mean, he's had some moments, but it never really seemed – he never really seemed to reach that level. And then even with Arizona when he was there, and then I think he went someplace else. I'm not sure. But, I mean, he's always kind of had the talent. So uh, maybe the Mets are going to be the team that finally – taps into it he's not that old of a guy I don't think um but he's bounced around a little bit but the, the talent has always kind of been there but whether or not he's been able to tap into that talent the other teams have been able to uh, to get the best out of him they have not but if he pitches like you're right I mean if he pitches like he has so far this year that is going to be an absolute find and Tyon pitch has pitched better Gordon after his first couple of starts he's he's kind of the main thing is he's given you some length that's been the positivity and aside from that he's also kept you in the game yeah, well, it seems like he's relying much more on his fastball mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the ground ball rate, which has been something that in his past has been very, very high. He's really cut that down. The strikeout rate is up. Maybe one of the reasons why the Yankees feel comfortable with Andujar starting at first base tonight because the ground ball rate has, has been down uh, this year because he's been relying more on the fastball early in the count and not pitching to contact, trying to, to attack hitters. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the tie-on move, that just seemed like a, a smart kind of baseball move. Move some prospects. You, you had to kind of clear out a spot on the 40-man anyway. Those guys were not really, you know, major prospects in the Yankees organization. So, and here you get a guy in Tyone that if he hits, you know he definitely has talent. It's more been a question about his health. So if he's able to stay healthy, you, you don't really expect him to go deep into games too early in the season. But now that we're into May and as we get into June, I'm sure they're going to, you know, obviously keep monitoring it, but uh, he's a guy that definitely has talent and has shown that at times. It's just a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. Yeah, and uh, listen, as long as he's out there giving you length, you'll take it. You'll take it. You know what? I would love mm-hmm. to see uh, uh, Soto have a, a Fitbit or, or something that counts his steps because he might just get 10,000 just in his at-bats because he moves – I mean, he is ridiculous with the amount of time. They're doing all these different things to speed mm-hmm. up the game. Watch one of his at-bats. He's wasting 30 seconds every pitch. At least. At least. He's like <laughs> Mike Hargrove on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> 
he he he's the new human rain delay. Oh my <laughs> lord! I mean, he steps out, he hits the he hits the shoes, he fits the glove, he's doing this thing with the belt. I mean, lord, oh my! Just stand in the box. You know, you'll get the pitch you want eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Gordon, back in the day, there was a lyric of a song by Funkadelic that said, "Do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong." <laughs> We're just on early on a Friday. That's all starting off your, your Mother's Day weekend. And Gordon's got some Mother's Day tips for you. I know he Larry, does. you would be proud of me, my friend. Tell me. Talk to me. I took the day to take that off the uh, to-do list. Smart. Usually I'm a Saturday guy, Saturday night guy. Sometimes I've even been an early Sunday morning kind of guy. <laughs> took care of it on a Friday. I can take that one and just cross it right off the list. Got it all. Got the card. Got the cards for the kids to make it seem like they oh, did it. Look I'm, at you. I'm just amazing. Oh, it's un that's outstanding. That's outstanding. And Gordon, I'm in the same boat with you, my friend. There you go. I took care of I took care of, of wife's Mother's Day. Took care of mom's Mother's Day. Sent hers off. Beautiful. Uh, took an anniversaries next week. Okay. Took care of the anniversary cards wow. while I was there. Oh no, this is listen, Gordon. I'm this is this is 2021. I'm not trying to stand in the line. <laughs> No. In the morning, look at the dead flowers. No, <laughs> trying to get something done. Right, and it was so weird because I went by you know the usual place that I get the flowers, the plants. It was a ghost town today. Usually, I'm, I'm it's elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. You're reaching over this guy. You got to get around that guy. Today it was wide open at two o'clock on a Friday. Uh, empty, empty. Only way to live. Only way to live. And now tomorrow when you drive by, you'll be laughing. Yes. <laughs> That used to be me. <laughs> right. The, the parking lot looks like a demolition derby. It's a mess. That's right. Oh, and, and there's nothing there. And you're no, trying to figure out what's no, the yes. next option, You're looking right? for the least brown flowers. You know what I mean? You're looking for the ones that are the least dead. That's it. 1-800-919-3776. Happy Mother's Day to all our moms in the audience. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. I had to check the clocks a couple of times. First, first of all, uh, a happy uh, Mother's Day to Ms. Jeanette and I believe Ms. Maureen. Do I have that right, Gordon? Yes, Gordon's? very good, Spike. Yeah, uh, I got a good memory, and I got a, your wife is in uh, the town, teaches in the town that I used to live right near. So, someone, a couple of guys I know, good kids had her. So uh, interesting. It's very nice, wonderful, beautiful women. Why they with you two guys? I don't know, but I'll let it go. Well, anyway, all kids. <laughs> All kidding aside, um, and just one comment on tonight's Nick game, and then one comment on the Yankees. You got to see my setup here. There's something mm. that doesn't carry. Yes, the other one doesn't carry MSG Live. I got YouTube TV. I got the Fubo and Tubi, and well, I got I like you, Gordon. I think this the prices. I'm only here for a short time. I think when I add everything up, it's going to be twice the price for the game. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I got everything in and laptops and I'm always so many Yankees. It looks like you hit a home run to LeMayo. Okay. Now, here's the deal for tonight. The magic number, I told Michael, and I think he agreed with me, is 38 or 39 wins. Uh, the schedule's been very compressed this year. And uh, we've seen something we never saw in all my years and your years, back-to-back games for the same road team on the road with a day off or not even a day off in some cases. So Atlanta's done on the road, and I knew they were going to lose last night going into Indy because they'd beaten Phoenix, who was coming in off of a back-to-back. -back. So all this blather I'm telling you about leads me to believe the Knicks, I hope they win one of the next three. They will not throw a stinker up like the other night. You can go to the bank that Thibodeau work their asses off. That's for sure. And uh, they, the league may have, as Larry said last night, they may have some film on Julius. He'll adjust that, you know, playing chess. And the three games at home, uh, Orlando's tanking, and San Antonio's are really, really, I don't know how many in a row they've lost. And Boston, uh, you know, they're three behind because the Knicks have tiebreakers on everybody. So, you know, we get to 38, it'll be tight. I don't care if it's four or five. You know that, Larry. Mm -hmm. I told you that. I don't really yeah. care. Uh, extra home game. You know, who cares? Atlanta's probably the best matchup. So I'm excited to watch it. I'm really excited tonight to watch it in order to see what he's done. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's funny because I didn't like the idea at the beginning of the year, the extra playoffs. Now it's wonderful. Everybody's involved, so nobody's going to sit there, guys. So, so we'll see what happens. 
Final comment, and again, wonderful, happy Mother's Day to the women that put up with us. It's a miracle they do. Uh, I'm really, you know, I think the Yankees, Gordon, I think uh, they'll be okay. Larry, I'm questioning the Mets. Uh, I want them to win for you, of course, and I like the Mets. I, I just, they're not hitting. No. No one's hitting. No. Across so the, I'll leave you with you that. Know Listen, across so, the by league. the way, I want to tell you, Buddha yes. last night, that, that exchange with Buddha, <laughs> I hope he's listening. He taught he taught me something about teamwork in that uh, you know with those the heroes and the mm-hmm. comic books and his love for the outdoors. But that was a great five minutes of radio, guys. I I thought it was brilliant the way he explained how you have to have a team. It's a team game, and it made a lot of sense to me. So bow and arrows are not Gordon. It was a good listen. Well, look, I, I, all I'm saying is I understand the 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 powers of teamwork. We were talking about the Marvel superheroes mm-hmm. and. Um, all I'm saying is if there are aliens coming down, threatening the universe, uh, I don't want a guy shooting them with arrows. I want uh, I want Iron Man. I want Thor. I want Hulk. Guy flying around? No, not so much. I would ra- Spider-Man? Not so much. I want a guy, you know, that's going to do something more than shoot arrows. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, anyway, it was interesting. Good radio. Great radio and a great exchange. So have a great uh, Mother's Day, guys. And, uh, again, let's hope the Knicks win tonight. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in, Gordon. I tell you, I I I felt like I've not looked at comic books the right way for years now after listening to Buddha last night. I yeah, missed the well, whole look, point. Look, he has a lot of knowledge on it. I can understand his points. Uh, I still think he's wrong. I still I will still say, even with all his knowledge, I, I think he's he's taking it too literally. Uh, and um, when you when you step back. You would say, right, things are coming from the skies, from other planets you've never seen before. They're attacking the city, <laughs> and there's a guy standing on the, uh, on, the, on the top of the building shooting him with arrows. You mm-hmm. wouldn't feel that good if that was the guy you were relying on. If you're in the building with the guy with the arrows and the building across the way has got <laughs> Iron Man, the guy across the way, you'd say, Iron Man, come over here. Help the guy. with the-. He's eventually going to run out of arrows. They don't, the arrows don't come back. You know, it's funny because I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because I felt that way. Marvel's counterpart to Aquaman was Submariner. Okay. All right, back in the day was Submariner. And, you know, he was talking to fish similarly the same way Aquaman does. And I'm looking like, <laughs> okay, talking to fish and I've got, you know, I've got Thor, I've got yeah. Tony Stark, I've got. So, I, I believe me, I understand what you're saying. But he has an interesting part, of interesting framework of it as considering being teamwork, Gordon, and what you know what helps him out? Iron Man's dead. That's true. Spoiler <laughs> And the guy alert. with the arrows is still alive. He is, right. <laughs> but mostly because it was Iron Man saving the day, right? I mean, it wasn't Arrow guy saving the day. Oh, is this Hawkeye? I think his name is Hawkeye. I keep calling Hawkeye, him Arrow man. guy. It's, that's it's the other guy. Disrespectful. Yeah, yeah that, Arrow, that's the DC guy is the Arrow. Right. Yeah. Oh, the arrow. Okay. Uh, See, I'm getting them all confused, Larry. Don't get me confused. I barely learned the Marvel guys. Now I got to go back and learn the DC guys. I don't even know them. Nationals and Yankees up at the stadium, and it started out okay for the Yankees with a home run with DJ LeMahieu. But Gordon, now the ball is going out of the ballpark off of Tyone, huh? Yeah. Well, look. I mean, the Yankee Stadium and the Yankee pitchers—they've been, you know, every guy's been. A little weakness giving up the long ball. Tyone has been guilty of that. Herman has been guilty of that. And uh, at least it was not a cheapie. It was a bomb to center field and uh, into Monument Park. So um, it was Josh Bell. I think it was his third mm-hmm. of the year. So that was a hard hit ball. And uh, and now uh, I guess they get another home run here. I'm on delay because I got the direct TV still. So, okay, uh, wait a minute. It should be leaving one. the park right now. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Larry is so good at predicting things. So now three one. So Tyone now uh, Jan Gomes going deep. So not uh, not what you, not the kind of start you want here, right? No, no not at all, not at all. But uh, you got. I, I think it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be a back well, and look, forth, Gordon. I do. That's the thing. Corbin lefty, a lot of righty bats in the lineup. The Yankees have some guys that can go deep as well. So um, hopefully, the one run is not indicative of how the night's going to go. No, I don't think so. I really don't. Mets and Diamondbacks, no scores. They move to the second. Back to the phones we go with Sal and Valley Stream. Hey, Sal, you're next on 9870 Oh, Oh, hey, guys. What's going on? Good to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. All you right? got it, Sal. Yes, what's up? up? You got it. Thank you. Nope. Thank you, Larry. Um, I want to get in a little bit tonight about DeGrom. Hmm. I know he's on the injured list, but listen, that's okay. He's had a lot of strikeouts so far in his career. He lost uh, – he got he won a Cy Young in 2018 and 2019. Okay, listen, 2014. 
the Mets lose to the Yankees. Uh, I think it was three nothing, and he makes his major league debut. I'm not sure what that is, but that's fine. But Degrom has won two Cy Youngs in a row. Let's say if Degrom gets traded, guys, who do you think the Mets are going to acquire if Degrom gets traded? I'm not saying if they are, but let's say if they do, who do you think they're going to acquire, guys? Sal, thanks for the phone call. They will acquire somebody as I don't know it, it, because I don't think they're going to trade him. That's yeah, number one. But if they do, yeah, yeah it's it's going to be high octane talent. <laughs> it has to be because you're looking and he's not at a on the guy. injured list. No, he's he, not. The, yeah, the, next the plan, thing. Yeah. I think, if everything goes well, I think today was he supposed to throw today? The, the, he threw I today. He was supposed to start Friday, uh, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. They haven't said whether he's going to right. start or not Sunday, but he did throw today, Gordon. Everything. He didn't feel any pain or anything. He felt pretty good. As a matter of fact, Gordon he was playing shortstop. Can you relax, please? Just, just, there just. You go. Look. Welcome you back. Pit. Just, just give. Me, yeah, nah. Just do me a favor. <laughs> Gordon, I don't need you playing shortstop. Just. Well, I mean, I this goes back to spring fun. training when he came in first day throwing 101. You're like, hey, mm -hmm. take it easy. Let's relax. Let's work up to this and uh, look. Hopefully. Uh, this is not a long-term thing or a recurring thing because as good as the Mets pitching has been and as much as you expect that the offense is eventually going to get things turned around, if he goes down for any extended period of time, I think the Mets are kind of sunk. They're in trouble. There's yeah. no question about it. And listen, what does he care about run support? They don't score for him anyway. So. <laughs> right. right. This is the time where they're supposed to be scoring. He hasn't pitched. Exactly. You would think that you know they would just be – the ball would be flying out of the ballpark because he's not on the mound. Doug's in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How we doing? Hey, Doug. All right. I, I can't take these people with these DeGrom trades. If DeGrom's traded, I mean, we just sold the team to a guy with money. If DeGrom's <laughs> traded, blow it up. This team, if he gets hurt, you just hit it on the head, Gordon. It's over. Yeah. Can't, you cannot lose this guy. And I don't care that he they don't win his games or not. He's seven innings every time, and he's a rest spot for the bullpen. There's just so many other factors. So, I, I mean, that's not why I call, but I can't keep – like so many people keep bringing this up with this opt-out. You know, he's getting paid. It's just a matter of what. He's not going nowhere. No. So, people got to stop this. No, um, you're right, Doug. He's getting paid. Mix. Yeah, he's, I mean, come on. We just we got the richest owner who lost his patience and, of course, killing his job. The guy's going to spend, but he's going to want to see results. That's all. But I What's tell you this, mix? Doug, but I tell you this before you have your nick point, what has people concerned is – but we don't have Springer. We don't have Bauer. We don't have these other folks. He's supposed to be so rich. How come we don't have these other players? That's why I think you have some of that well, in the back of some people's minds. Springer was never coming here. And believe me, he, if Springer was only coming here if he had no other deal. You saw what the Astros went through the other yeah. night. Springer wanted no part of this New York media. And all the guys that have played around here locally, Tobias Harris is a perfect example. He said he'll come here in the last contract, but he doesn't want to deal with all the other stuff right now in his prime. And you can't blame guys. I mean, Lindor can wind up. Look what he's going through, and it's been one month. And I'm not yeah. bailing him out. He's got to produce. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But but with the Knicks, the thing i got to see from this team that's frustrating, we're fourth in the league shooting threes. We're like the 27th or 28th team field goal-wise. This team stinks going to the basket, and we can't hit mid-range shots. And one thing I would like to see, I just think RJ doesn't realize how strong he is. Because there are a lot of these times he's going up for these layups. It happened the other night two or three times. Just a little extra effort. He's a strong kid. I think, he, you know, once he does it a few times, he gets more confident and tries finishing with the dunk. I think it's going to happen a lot more often. In a worst-case scenario, instead of being intimidated, he's going to draw a foul and get free throws. I'm with you, Doug, and thanks for the phone call. You know what it is, Gordon? He, he's gotten his shot blocked so much. I think that he goes to the basket and he puts it up too hard or he tries to do some fantastic move. Just go up, as Doug said, dunk the basketball. If they block it or they foul you, you take your two shots and you go to the free throw line. Him, Alfred Payton, is a notorious guy who doesn't finish layups. I mean, they roll out all the time. It's just, it's just very frustrating with both of them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think the thing with Barrett, I mean, he's, he's strong, but he's not explosive. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it is, you know, he's had uh, his shot blocked a few times, you mentioned. Maybe it's in his head a little bit, right? Yeah. And the other thing is, they've been shooting the three so well. <laughs> I mean, they're shooting 50% of three, 47, 42. I mean, they've been shooting the three so well lately that I, I, I'd like you to improve in all facets of the game. But, I mean, how can, you, how can you turn that down when you're shooting it as well as you are from outside?
There's no question. And they've been – and look, that's contagious, Gordon, right? You, you, you're shooting it. You see it go through the basket. It's like, oh, we're hitting the three. Why do I need two? <laughs> Let's hit the three. And that's where – you you know, that's the thin line that you have as a coach, right, that you, you trust your players to know what type of threes you want to shoot in what situations. And so it's got to be a three in rhythm. It can't be a three. It's got to be a three where either somebody's under the basket in case there's a long rebound. You know what I mean, Gordon? There's fundamentals to how you do that. And that's sometimes where they get in trouble, where they start just jacking them up like it's a heat check. Oh, I'm hot. Let me show you how hot I am. Uh Uh-oh. And you miss two of those. And before you know it, your lead has been cut in half and the momentum has switched. It's absolutely true. No, of course. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, people? Hey, Buddha. <laughs> oh, man, Papa Lodge Spike, he, you know, he brought up that spirited discussion we had. Um, i just say one thing. I, I got another point, but I just, I'm not going to go into that again today. But I'll just say one thing. Um, Mom used to tell me something very poignant, uh, Gordon, I'm going to just say this to you. You know, when the elders talk, sometimes we just got to listen. You got to take the L on that um, debate. Oh, no. No, no, no. I mean, look, your your idea that all the superheroes are all valuable and they're all the same, it's all part of a team. No, there are there's ranks, right? Like there's a reason why the Arrow guy has not had a solo movie. Where Hawkeye characters, Hawkeye, right? There's a reason why Hawkeye has not had his own individual movie. He's not the most powerful guy in the world, and he's a boring character. Right, he's a boring. He doesn't have a lot of personality there. And Gary Sanchez, the MVP, is back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, stop it. Sanchez had a home run bullet. He's lost his he mind. Movie. <laughs> The movie because it was a pandemic. The Black Widow is not one of the strongest characters, and her movie's coming out this summer. Just, just but she's an interesting character. There's a difference between strength, just well, individual well, strength, not. and being interesting. He's neither. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very interesting on many levels. She needs to yes, stop. she is very <laughs> interesting. You have I I will I we will find middle ground there. She's very very interesting. Uh-oh. Hawkeye, oh, not yes, so we much. Will. Extremely. Extremely interested. Yeah. Uh, uh, Buddha, two berries. Not one berry, Buddha, two berries. <laughs> Stop. You guys are making me laugh. I'm trying to drive, take my wife off a of, uh, Mother's Day. Listen, you know, you brought up a point yesterday about Stephen A., and you guys said about him being on the bandwagon again. Yes. And I got to dispute that a bit. Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the biggest Stephen A. fan, you know, for many reasons. I feel a lot of times, like, if players don't give him inside information, he tries to attack them. You know, not a big fan of that. But I'll say this much. That argument you're just saying about him being on the bandwagon off or on, that's more a Max Kellerman thing. He's just a Knicks fan. If you were a Knicks fan, all of us, uh, now I'm not a Knicks fan, but all of the people who watch the team and rooted for the team, you had nothing to be happy or proud about in the last seven, eight years. Similar to me with the Jets. I love the Jets. They're my team. They've been my team for a long time. I made a dummy move about switching over, like I told you. My father got mad at me. You know, we were all Steelers fans in the house. He said, you going to pick that team? He said, you're you going to learn today, like um, Kevin Hart said that day. But, um, that gets back to listening to your elders. You, yeah, right. Yeah, he was 100% right. But um, now, in terms of the Jets, now, you hear me. I bark on them all the time. And sometimes when I, I, I boycott them for a couple of weeks, listen, when your team is as putrid as the Knicks have been, as the Jets have been, as a fan, I'm full within my rights to criticize them, down them, you know, rip up T-shirts, whatever the case may be. That doesn't mean I'm jumping off the bandwagon. you got to give me something to root for. I work hard for a living, man. You know what I'm saying? I come home and you pull on some product. When the quarterback's talking about he's so ghost, um, you know, you got a coach there fishing first into a play sheet that's the size of a water poster. I mean, come on. What, what am I supposed to be like? Oh, yo, this hip hurrah. I love what's going on over there. Come on. No, no, that's not what we're saying, Buddha. You're not supposed to do that. But, Buddha, you've heard what Stephen A. has said about this, this Knicks team. You know he's been he hasn't been Kellermanish at thanks for the phone no, call. He hasn't, he hasn't been like I mean, that. It would be There's impossible no to be about more it. than Max. And that's why we said he's got a reserved spot on the bandwagon. 
but he's been really, really harsh. He's been harsher than you've been on the Jets. So yeah. he, he's allowed back on. He's got a reserve spot. Right, but he can't go to the front of the line. No, 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 no. That's the thing. You know, <laughs> when they had the free agency the other uh, a couple of years ago, he, he said he was done with them. Done. Yep. That so, doesn't mean that you get to, oh, wait a sec, the store's back open now? Okay, I was, I, no, I was here before. No, 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 you left. That's the way it works. All right, Gordon, go ahead. Talk, talk about the Sanchez home run. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it was beautiful. It was, uh, what, a, what a monster shot. And now if we could just get uh, Andujar going here. Now, still, they're losing. So, I mean, I don't want to get too, but I, did I tell you, Gary Sanchez batting sixth, Larry. What did I say? He, that makes all the sense in the world. Well, look. See ya. The Yankees uh, now will be putting him uh, in the lineup. Higashioka's run is the starting catch. It's over. now over after this. It's over. Only Cole. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Cole and Kluber. Cole we, and Kluber. We, we, knew Gar- we know what Gary's capable of. Yes. We, we see the talent. You know, uh, Boone had a new one. He was asked about Soto before the game, and he said that his bat-to-ball skills were amazing. Oh, that's outstanding. His, his bat-to-ball skills. What? Yeah. Contact. <laughs> we talking his bat to ball contact, skills. contact his, was his just feet tremendous. to ground skills he's very very fast his feet to ground skills yeah. and his bat to ball skills I, he I, could I run. don't know what he was talking about yeah I don't he know. could run well uh the diamondbacks have just scored uh peterson plunked the batter with the bases loaded so the diamondbacks have a one nothing lead yankees are trailing three two in the bronx we'll come back and take more of your phone calls next <laughs> I was just scrolling going back and forth. The Mets are just, you know, they're just driving me crazy. So I went to check out the Yankees. I saw an outstanding play by by Wade at second on a nice pickup yeah. of a short hop. I saw Andujar almost stretch, made a nice play. <laughs> and I thought he was going to be hurt, but I didn't say anything. And right. then I saw Clint Frazier making another diving catch, and, and I said to the guys in the studio, I said, uh, will Brett Gardner please report to the dugout? Because I just yeah. thought he was, the way he got up, he was like, oh, that hurt. Red, uh, Red Thunder flying through the skies of the Bronx. Again. I'll say this. There have been rockets hitting this game <laughs> so far. I mean, it, it seems like every ball is just on the nose between both pitchers, uh, Tyone and uh, and Corbin. It doesn't it's seem like a lot of soft contact. No, there's no soft tossing lefties there. It's no. gonna be some. It's gonna be. Some, it's gonna be a lot of scoring in that game, my friend. Sit back. You're in for a nice three and a half hour extravaganza. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now from the way it's looking. And Peterson, I mean, he's just walking, hitting people. There's now two nothing Diamondbacks in the top of the second. Gordon, it happened today. All oh, the Jet fans are so excited. He hit the field, Gordon. Yeah, he hit the field. The new guy, Zach Wilson, although Rich Samini on ESPN.com says the first day, uneventful. <laughs> Isn't that what you want, right? Yes. Like, let's just yes. ease into this. Let's no big movements. Let's just get the guy on the field. Let's let things happen organically. He's going to wear the number two, apparently. So that's a, a little bit of a surprise, right? He wore one at uh, BYU. So. Uh, the only guy I think I can think of that ever wore two for the Jets was Nick Folk, right? I think yeah, Folk wore that's two. Right. Yeah, he did wear uh, two. So that'll be the new number for the quarterback. And uh, that's a fresh number, right? That's not yeah. tainted by anything. So that's a new nope. start there. So let him get out there. We don't have to keep stats on seven-on-seven seven drills like they were doing with Tebow that year. Let's let this guy get in there. Let's let the not coach yet. get in there. And uh, let's let's take things steady and easy and straight ahead. Let's put it that way. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. You wait till July and August. There will be notes on seven on seven, five <laughs> on five, two on two, what he did in the small group, the quarterback groups, everything. He is going to be as scrutinized as anybody. By the way, uh, Peterson out of the game, he walked another batter with the bases loaded. So he is out. The Mets are making a pitching change. Here's what Robert Sala had to say, Gordon, about uh, Zach Wilson's first day. He's a young man that's really he loves football. You guys hear you guys hear me and and Joe obviously talk about it. We want guys who absolutely love football and and he's a guy who loves football. And when you love football, and I, I'm just talking not just talking about Zach, but the entire free agency class, the entire draft class. These guys really love football. So when you when you have a love for football, you're going to do everything you can to help yourself not only get better at it, but you're going to do everything you can to protect it. Uh, which means your off the field stuff is going to be right. And uh, so it's it's this entire group and and to have Zach obviously. To, to, and your quarterback to have that mindset where he is just always trying to find a way to get better, it's awesome. But it's it's something that we want to see out of, of every single one of our guys. 
Now, Coach, let's talk about building this roster. How do you, how do you go about doing that? Players are here to go play football, and it takes all 53 to players who put the helmets on. It takes everybody to be able to cross the white and go dominate on, on Sunday. And for them to be able to do that with a clear mind, with every resource needed to be, be that, that helps them build up to that moment when they're on their own and the organization can no longer do anything and we're, we rely on them. Everything in between has to come from us. And it's our job to put them in the best situation possible so they can always be getting better every single day as, uh, when they walk into this building. You know, Gordon, a couple of the rookies said that they were impressed that Zach Wilson had reached out to them already. And uh, I think it was Moore who said, you know what? You could feel his excitement and his leadership come through on the phone. He's pumped. He's ready to go. And then, you know, that shares it. That's, that's what you expect from your quarterback, Gordon, if young quarterback, rookie or whatever. That's what you expect from them. And obviously, it's, it's, if you're a Jet fan, that's what you want. You love the fact that you're getting your quarterback in an era at a time where it's not COVID pandemic altered, right? That you have the extra sessions that you didn't have last year. You have, you're going to have a full training camp that you didn't have last year. You're going to have your OTAs and stuff. And so listen for for a new team with a new head coach. That's what you need. That's why I'm really excited also with the Giants to see how they improve because with the new head coach, Joe Judge, they didn't have that last year. They just had the regular situation. Whereas normally with a new head coach, you get two training camps. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just that I'm a jaded old guy now. I feel like anything you hear about a top draft pick early on, anything that they say good, I immediately discount. And anything that's bad, I have more faith of believing in, right? Like, if something bad is happening at this point, to me, that's much more of a red flag than them saying, hey, you know, he's doing this with his teammates or – Everything should be wine and roses right now. So hopefully that's the way it stays. I don't need any, uh, you know, big things to happen. It can't, you know, at this point, it's the regular off season. Let's hope that he is just, you know, doing everything that he's supposed to be doing and that, that injury, learning the playbook, you know, interacting with his teammates and those, those, all those things go well this off season and that it's just a very routine, no big explosive stories one way or the other, because I'll be honest, I feel like every time that there's a big quarterback or a big rookie that comes in, you hear all these things. I heard all these things about Sanchez. I heard all these things about Sam. Let's see when the things actually start moving, what it actually means. And if it's something that's bad, okay, maybe that I might believe. But anything good, I'm immediately discounting it. So it's true what Don LaGreca says about you. What that? I'm a hater? <laughs> no, I mean, I just like. No, I understand what do, you mean. I what do. could I you possibly do right now that actually matters, right? Like, I mean, of all the things that he can possibly do, like how as soon as the, the training camp starts, we're going to forget about everything that's happening right now. I'm not saying it's mm -hmm. not important, but we'll forget about all that. And sure. same thing when games start. We'll forget, yep. you know, every preseason people will say, oh, this was a big deal about pre. And then as soon as the regular season starts, we forget about it all. So I'm just saying anything that happens right now, I'm taking with a grain of salt. One mm -hmm. way or the other, I'm taking it a little bit more with salt if it's something good. Okay, so if they said that he lost his playbook, what would you say? That would be bad. I think that, that <laughs> if he lost his playbook this early on, that means much more to me long term than he's really getting along with his teammates and his teammates feel like th this guy, he's a leader, right? Like, mm -hmm. how could they learn that this quickly? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, but you know what? It, it, what I find interesting about that, Gordon, is like, what did they expect? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what did you expect? Did you expect that he would not call you? What do you what, <laughs> right. like? What do right. you this look at? All for? kind like, of routine. Stuff. If you're screwing this part up, that's a bad sign. Yeah, like what that's is, a so far that was worse sign than something good happening. So that was the fun thing to me about. It. It's like, so what? They didn't talk to you when you were in college, like you, when you got onto the team. Like nobody talked to you. That it's like, or maybe what did they expect? You know, what is their what is their uh, thought process about what? The NFL is like that. That was the curious thing to me that they, you know, they felt the need to make that statement. When, when he actually gets going here, who do you, do you think he'll get more comparisons to Sam or do you think he'll get more comparisons to the other guys in his, in his class, like uh, uh, fields? He's going to get more comparisons. I think to the other guys in this class, because okay. well, to some people, but to the hardcore jet fan who really didn't want a Darnold to go, I think they're going to get a. They're going to compare him to Sam, and they go. And here's what they're going to say: If Sam had what he had, Sam would still be here. Mm -hmm. 
because yeah. look I'm, what they've I'm done to surround to him already. That goes, yeah. I mean, they've they've done more to, uh, to surround him already than they did Darnold. Well, just uh, in the draft, it would it would be hard, <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. Fairness, that was a pretty low bar to clear. Gordon, you ready? I'm ready, Larry. This is for you. Article I thought about you as soon as I read it on ESPN.com. New York Knicks covering spread at a historic rate. Historic rate. They have been. They, they, that, I mean, that's been part of the, the – during the win streak, there was a natural tendency to start to wonder, like, okay, it's, at some point this is going to end. At some point they're going to fall on their face and, and at least come kind of back to reality and, and maybe lose two, three, four in a row, right? That's not yep. all that unusual for a team that was generally a 500 team that wins nine in a row. But, they no, they have been uh, not only winning, they've been covering a lot. Gordon, entering tonight's game at Phoenix. Knicks have covered the spread in 65.1% of their games. In the past 30 seasons, only the 2011-2012 San Antonio Spurs at 67.2 and the 09-10 Bucks 65.9 have a better winning percentage against the spread. I'm looking for them tonight. I don't see them here. Since April 3rd, Knicks are 15-2 against the spread. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been crazy Denver. here uh, over the last month or so. I thought that they were a five-point underdog tonight. I do not see them on my uh, little uh, fan duel. I'm going to have to go uh, look NBA, full NBA slate here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to keep me away from the Knicks because they've been covering so well. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Knicks were, at last check, they were 80-1 to to win an NBA title, 40-1 to to win the Eastern Conference. Well, look, I mean, if you're putting money on the Knicks to win the NBA title, you deserve more than 80 to 1. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm as, I'm as optimistic as the next guy, but if you're betting the Knicks to win the NBA title this year, oh, wow, up to 6.5 tonight, Larry, in Phoenix. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It was at, it, I would say it was at either 5 or 5.5 early this morning when I was mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, doing the updates. Mm-hmm. So it's moved in the Knicks' mm-hmm. favor. That, that, look, it's a sign, I guess, that the public still does not believe in the Knicks, and maybe they're, right. you know, late, you know, nationally, the Knicks have been a punchline for a very long time, mm-hmm. and while Randall's been fantastic, I can see a scenario where nationally they probably don't rank as high as a right. team with their record has been this year. Maybe there's still a little bit of disbelief in there, and, and you mm-hmm. can profit from it. Sure. See. Promo code Gordon. I'm trying do to help I, you out I, here. Do I put something on it tonight? I don't know. Six uh, and a half. It feels pretty. Uh, feels pretty good. Well, go with your gut. Go. I'm just. I'm just giving you the information. Right. You what go I with do your with gut. It is there. up to me. That's it. That's it. Because I don't want Mrs. Damer yelling at me. The bet is in, Larry. The bet is in. <laughs> the bet is in. Here's my disclaimer, Mrs. Damer. I just gave him the information. I didn't tell him what to do. Look, it's up to him, right? <laughs> it's up to him. Tyler Wade is hitting rockets now. Now it was an out, but still, I mean, the rockets hit. I would love to see what the exit velo, the average exit <laughs> velo in this Yankee uh, Nationals game is because it feels like the balls are just getting spanked everywhere. It's unbelievable. And the Diamondbacks have added another run, so they're leading 4 nothing. Oh, 4 no, That's insurmountable, right? I mean, the yeah, Mets can listen. go a couple of games without scoring four runs. Yeah. <laughs> Don't joke. (laughs) (laughs) Don't joke, Gordon, because you might be right. So last night, it was very interesting because the Nets have surprisingly lost four in a row, Gordon. And and, and they're facing playoff teams during this stretch, coupled with Milwaukee, and, of course, last night uh, against Dallas in the playoff hunt. And the question is from – you know, Steve Nash and company and Kyrie Irving and everybody. So what what's going on here? So let me let me start with Kyrie Irving. And this is Kyrie Irving talking about the four-game losing streak. It's about time we got tested in terms of just having to think the game on a different level, knowing that teams are shaping up for the playoffs. And we've done our best to make sure that we're ready to play. But now we got to think the game going against some of these good teams, especially on the road. All right, so that was Kyrie Irving. Now let's listen to Steve Nash. This is Steve Nash talking about adversity. And, Gordon, he says what they're going through right now, this is uh, good. What we're seeing right now is we get down to these these games. We're playing high-quality teams that want to win for playoff seeding. You know, it's it's a little bit of un- uncharted territory for this group. So this is good for us, you know, frankly. You know, we, we all want to win every night, and I would have much preferred to win tonight. But some adversity, some higher-level competition is, is, I think, what this team needs going into a playoffs. We have 
you know, no, no common experiences together in that setting. And so these are a little bit of a dress rehearsal when you're playing playoff teams that teams that need wins that are, you know, really coming out to try to win these games and, and play at a high level. So this is good for us. The adversity is good for us. We're going to face adversity in the playoffs and without having some adversity, you know, now, you know, it may, it may not afford us as much as going through this adversity. All right, so Gordon, there's two ways to look at this, and uh, Steve Nash is a pretty, pretty good spin doctor. But yeah. there's two ways of looking at this. Yes, you you want to be tested. You want to see where where your weaknesses are. You go back over the video. You correct things and you make the ad- adjustment. All right, that's one A. One B. Listen, when we get James Harden back, everything will be okay. He'll be another option. We'll just continue to outscore people the way we outscored people during the season. Or there's B. There, there's two rather. Um, yeah, I know you learn a lot by losing, but that's not a good thing, Gordon. <laughs> you well, should do you be learn a lot by losing hurts. or do you learn a lot by being in a losing situation and turning it around? Right. Like it's, it's one thing. It's not the, the facing adversity. It's the overcoming of adversity. Right. That's the valuable lesson. So look, I mean, I think the nets are, are going to be better than this. I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs, but I will give the nets credit for this. The nets have made it clear that they believe that the talent will overcome every single thing else. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the fact that the guys are not playing together, the fact that the guys have all had their, their issues about being away, the fact that they've played seven games together, the fact that they're under 500 without Harden, they have made it clear. They think that when they have those three guys on the court and they expect to have them all on the court for the playoffs and they'll keep them on the court in the playoffs, that that will fix everything. And you know what? They might be right. I will say this. If it does turn out, that the Nets are able to to go into the playoffs with this little playing time together and and, and just collecting three guys here and, and and throwing them together and then you know picking up basically everybody who's available, boy, that's a terrible blueprint. Like if that's the precedent that that would set for trying to make the regular season seem important and all these different things, that I think that that would be a terrible message for the rest of the league. I agree with you a thousand percent because. It's going to be the individual talent that will get them through. And once again, on paper, Gordon, this is perfect. On paper, at no point with with Harden and uh, KD and Kyrie, there's you could play. One of them could be on the floor the whole game. Yes, the whole game. You can have at least one of those superstar players on the floor at one time. So you would never have to say, "Well, we got to rest this one. We got to, we got to, you know, rest him between the periods. We got to take him out like two minutes before, get him a blow. So when he comes back in the fourth quarter, he be. You have to do that with this talent, all right. But the question is, does uh, I'm not trying to get Marvel on you again, Gordon, but does the team aspect of a Milwaukee who's played together and added a Drew Holiday? Uh, a, a Sixers who play together, who have chemistry, who understand each other. Does that team aspect overcome the individuality, the greatness of this Nets team? I'll get your answer in a second. At this point in my career, I think, you know, going into postseasons, basically since I've, you know, been in Houston and whatnot, I've been playing heavy minutes, heavy minutes, you know, whatever, just carrying the load, carrying the load. And this is an opportunity for me to get my body right going into the postseason with a clear mind and a clear body of, all right, you know, you got 16 games to win. And, and that's the ultimate goal. That's, you know, the reason why, you know, I came to Brooklyn. So uh, just kind of gave me an opportunity to sit back, you know, think a little bit more and get outside of myself and, and you know, show the expression and kind of help, you know, my teammates and coaches um, in any way that I can the voice of James Harden. He should be back, according to the Nets, maybe getting into some games before during this last week of the season. The TSPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hardy and Damer till 9.30. Mets get on the board. Uh, Lindor reaches on the infield single to third. He's safe on the throwing error by Cabrera and um, uh, Conforto singled to center to score him. So, hey, the Mets got to run, is on. They got to run. All right. I asked you before, what do you think about What do you think is the likelier option? Is it that a team has the option, has the opportunity to beat individual greatness, or will it just be the big three just going all out? You know, as much as I would hate for it to be the case, uh, I think that the individual talent wins out. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I had to put money down on it, the fact you know all these things being true right the fact that they played seven games together the fact that i don't know that they're going to a be healthy for the playoffs or b remain healthy throughout the playoffs 
Uh, it, it's hard for me to envision a team beating that group, those three guys, four times in seven games. Yeah, I hear you. Because, uh, I, I mean, like, I, who I are the team, right? We're take, all right, we give the Sixers a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. We give Milwaukee a puncher's chance. Um, I guess there's a couple of teams out west, but, I mean – I mean, who? I mean, we, you know, we kind of came into the year thinking, that, you know, the Lakers were going to, you know, the defending champs and all that, but they seem like right now they're just trying to avoid the play-in. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix, I think the Nets would would destroy. Um, I, I guess Utah, maybe. Maybe, maybe Utah, maybe Clippers maybe. with Kyrie and and Paul George, but Paul George has got to have a better postseason than he's yeah, historically I mean, he's had. Not exactly. Yeah, I mean. You know, you got the big two of those guys, but then you got the big three with the Nets. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Well, Frank Isola was on the Michael K show. You know, Frank, he's covered the NBA for a thousand years. He's got a show on Sirius. He's on ESPN's Around the Horn, and he also does pre-halftime and post for the for, for um, Yes with the Nets. And he was asked, can the big three beat the Milwaukee Bucks? One thing about Milwaukee, Drew Holiday is a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. You can kind of trust him, and he can defend multiple positions. I mean, Milwaukee the last years, Eric Bledsoe could make a big shot if his life depended on it. And, you know, the one thing about Giannis, everyone focuses on the three-point shooting, but for him, it's the free-throw shooting. And some games, he's poor. The other night against the Brooklyn Nets, he did a really good job knocking down his free-throws because he's going to draw fouls. And, you know, he, he kind of tore them up. And I don't think you could play DeAndre Jordan if you were to play Milwaukee. I think it would have to be a combination of Blake Griffin um, and obviously Kevin Durant would spend some time on him. I, I do think it's going to be tough, but the one thing is, the one thing we do forget, or well, not that we forget, but James Harden, when he was playing, if he had continued playing at that pace, I think it would be between him and Nikola Jokic for MVP. That's how good he was playing. So when you, even when you put James Harden with all the role players on the Nets, when they didn't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out there, they were playing really well. That's just how good Harden is, and he gets everybody involved and he can also score. They're going to have to figure it out once all three guys get back. And I also think Steve Nash, the biggest thing is going to be staggering the minutes of your stars because I think I, I think you're going to have to have Harden out there a lot of times with that second unit because he's the one guy that can get it done with them. All right, Frank, are the Nets in trouble? I, I do think it's championship or bust for them, and I, I think what you said is true. You know, they had a chance to be the number one seed. And listen, if they played Washington in the first round, the idea of Brooklyn against Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, I think the Nets would win that series, even though Washington has beaten them twice this year. I just think it was a so-called easier path to the NBA Finals. I think they've made things a little bit more difficult for themselves. You know, and yet last night after the game, you know, Steve Nash talked about like you know facing these different kind of tests that they faced this week, and Kyrie Irving said, yeah, it's really good to have these different tests. And my thing was, yeah, and you're failing the test. You've lost three straight games, and the game on Tuesday, it was an 18-1 to run that did them in after they fell apart in the fourth quarter on Sunday. And then last night it was a 13 to two run against a team, which listen, Luka Doncic wasn't really that good. And now at the end, he had a couple of good baskets that he made, but it was kind of the role players like Dorian Finney Smith and Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr. So I, I think the last three games to me against playoff teams, obviously. And then in the fourth quarter, you would expect, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving to kind of carry you through and that did not happen in the last three games. In fact, Durant was one for seven in the fourth, and he was one for ten in the second half. No. So, I mean, these were opportunities. Gordon, look, everybody can have an off-shooting that you get in. Kyrie Irving was phenomenal in that game. I mean, he was phenomenal. He carried that offense. But it, it was interesting that in the fourth quarter, neither one of them could buy a basket, and, and Dallas was able to find a way to get some scoring from some other folks. So, uh, look. I think they're going to be okay, but I saw some things in that uh, the couple of games against Milwaukee that, as I told you, made me wonder that it might be not that not that they will won't beat Milwaukee, but it might be a little tougher than I originally thought it might be. Well, I mean, if it does turn out that they don't get to the finals, and really, it's not even about getting to the final. They're built. They have to win an NBA championship right now. I mean, mm-hmm. either this year or next year. It's no. Oh, it, it might be championship or bust. No, it's absolutely championship or bust. If they don't, I do think that we'll look back and say, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Like, I mean, all the things are there. We all see them, but we, I think, largely think that the individual talents of their big three are going to be uh, able to overcome all of that because it's been. I mean, it, it's a. 
it's a, a three guys as talented as them. It's hard to, I mean, you'd have to go back in NBA history to find three guys that are as talented as they, those three guys are. Yeah. But if they don't win, right, we'll say, well, of course they didn't win. They didn't play together, or of course they didn't <laughs> win. They don't play defense, or of course they had a rookie head coach and all these different things. But right now we're looking at it and we're saying, yeah, those things are all bad. They're not great you know, uh, signs for the future, but we still think they'll probably overcome it. Mm-hmm. So DJ again, Gordon? DJ again. Oh, thank God for DJ LeMahieu. So we got a nice little 3-3 game. We'll see if uh, Jamison Tyone has, has, has kind of uh, settled down. I think he's retired like 13 or 14 in a row. He's uh, still giving up some very hard-hit balls, but we'll see if the Yankees go to the bullpen uh, here before too long because we're, we're getting kind of late into it. So, um, yeah. you know, the bullpen has been excellent. Tyone, you have now a chance to at least uh, keep him away from a loss. It's six innings. I don't know how many pitches he's thrown, but – I would not be surprised if uh, we see uh, the bullpen here before too long. He's at 92 pitches. Okay. Yeah, the bullpen's coming. <laughs> the bullpen's coming. Evans in Manhattan. Hey, Evan, you're next on 98.7. Hello, Larry. Thank you. Listen, uh, you know, nobody is talking about the coaching. Now, you know, you got Dan Tony on the bench. You got Dan Tony's uh, favorite guy, Steve Nash. And in the fourth quarters, Larry, they, they they don't uh, they don't have any plans. Let me just say this: I think the coaching is really bad in the fourth quarter, and the and the three stars they need a real coach that's going to actually push them, because it was very arrogant what what uh, Kyrie said. Oh, uh, we're tested. No, you've been tested all season. You also be blowing people out. So I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think they can beat Milwaukee. I don't think they can beat Philadelphia. And uh, they're going to have a lot of problem with the Knicks because the Knicks are hungry, they're young, they match up with these guys, and they play defense. Now, Dan Tony doesn't know how to teach defense because he never did. And so that is really the problem. You can't need three superstars to take over the, over the whole show without a real coach. Remember, Michael Jordan did have uh, – Phil Jackson. Uh, the Bad Boys did have Chuck Daly. They were men. They knew how to coach. They knew how to get the best out of their players. And they weren't wussy about losing the game. That's a bad attitude. We, oh, well, you know, what are you going to fix it? You're going to start playing the defense magically? What about some plays at the end of the game? It's, it's very, you know what? I don't like the Nets, and I, I follow them. I'm a Knicks fan to the bone, but I follow the Nets. Because I believe that if these young boys get on them nets, they're going to sweat their butts, man. I really believe it. And well, I hope say, it happens. I'll say this, Evan, okay, and done, thanks I'm for done, the phone call. Yeah, okay, thanks for the phone call. I'll say this. Uh, that's a bygone era. Yes. These, yes. <laughs> these players picked the coach they want. Right, right. I, I understand they, what you're why saying. Why do they do that, right? Like, I understand they, what you're saying. And that's why Gordon and, you know, you have some discussions. That's why you wonder how much Tom Thibodeau's adjustment's going to be, right? Because he's here for five years. But Gordon, you know, you know what the rumor's been about him. Mm-hmm. He he's a three year guy because after three years, he he kind of wears on you, you know, because you're used to hearing, okay, we got all these practices. My God, we still practicing. We know the stuff now. We no, we got to get it right. We got to get it right. And sometimes, as you get better, and your superstars get better. Gordon, they don't want all that extra work. They don't want you to tell them all this stuff. So uh, that's the situation with Steve Nash. When they brought the guys, listen, they could have had Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson would have done a very good job too. They did not want Kenny. When they got here, they said, nope, we'll take somebody else. So that's why they got Steve Nash. And, yeah, it's going to be up to them. They're going to have to be play the defense, Gordon. They're going to have to come up with the plays. They're going to have to sit down and make and make the decision. Look, Evan. Gordon, they've already done it. Kyrie said to James Harden, okay, you be the point guard. Nash didn't say it. D'Antoni didn't say it. The players said it. That's all you need to know. And all you need to know is when when they hired uh, Steve Nash, the, the comments by Kyrie about, well, you know, we don't really need a head coach. You know, one night Kevin can be the head coach. One night I can be the head coach. <laughs> they told you you could not speak it any clearer. Nope. Could not say it any clearer than what they think about the head. The head coach is there. 
you know, maybe for some other guys on the team, but they, they're going to do what they want. And look, it's, it's not a, a surprise to Steve Nash. He knew the deal when he came on board. That's right. And, and maybe, look, if they were to, to lose in the postseason this year in a bad way, maybe they might reevaluate having someone there to push them a little bit or to guide them and, and they will follow. But I think the reason why they picked Brooklyn was because the two guys knew they were going to be running the show from top to bottom. They were going to mm-hmm. pick the head coach. They were going to pick the players. Kevin Durant wants uh, uh, James Harden here. James Harden's here. And, and they're running the show. So it's, and, in, and in fairness, it's all on them. If they don't right. win, we're going to absolutely crush them. So right. they, they know the deal as well. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.